season. Advent season. Plus Douglas Reformed Church. Plus Black Top. of Douglas Reformed Church, a church plant, uh, which just means a church startup mm-hmm. here in Douglas, Arizona, and uh, we're pretty excited about sharing the gospel here, mm-hmm. and, uh, seeing seeing revival and renewal in every arena of life, right? Which That's is right. ultimately what the Advent season is about. So, yeah. It's every- a perfect time and season for a church plant. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This, this is our time to shine. <laughs> Let's shine on the the black top. <laughs> Show them, yeah, on the black top. Nice, nice. Uh, I I really liked your sermon on Sunday, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, we were in the car. We were driving home from our Thanksgiving, and I tried to listen live, but that didn't work out too well, mm. right? Um, but when the sermon was published on faith. What is it called? Faith Life. Faith Life. Yeah. That's it. Our app, our, our social Faith media. Faith Life app, our social media. Yeah. Yeah, when it was published, Katie and I listened, and I was driving. And I was getting like Holy Spirit movement all while I was driving. And I was like, yeah! Fantastic. <laughs> Amen. I was getting all motivated, but I but I had to focus on the road. <laughs> Don't want to meet Jesus too quickly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> No, it was good. I uh, feel this, the Holy Spirit. Now I see him. <laughs> yeah, this this whole idea that the nations rage. Mm. Of course, our theme for Advent is um, the kingdom at hand, right? right? Christ's kingdom at hand, uh, which is what he taught in his incarnation. That is, his kingdom was at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand in his incarnation. That's his first coming. Therefore repent Mm. right and that was his application that's right and you were considering you're in psalm 2 considering why the nations rage and it's the nations um as they rage are being torn down by the king yeah jesus as jesus is taking over the world right now so i remember (laughs) yeah right now his kingdom is at hand that's the whole thing so we question why the nations rage, and what a relevant question to ask in our time when we see the nations raging very plainly, right? Definitely. Why do the nations rage? Well, because Christ is taking over. Yeah, right? and, and as, as the psalm even says, like they, the, the, the opponents of Jesus feel in bondage to his proclamation and kingship. Like, yeah. they, they, they feel like tied down to the ground and like... like in a state of like like resistance and and an inability to move and, and and do things freely, like they don't like yeah. Christ's reign. There's a story I heard one time um, by a pretty famous preacher mm-hmm. uh, in his day and ours actually. So maybe you know his name, uh, but he basically taught that in order for a thief to go into a rich man's house and take his possessions, uh, that that rich man, the powerful man, must first be bound. That's right. Oh, that was Jesus who was teaching that. <laughs> Very good teacher. And, yeah, all right. The most famous preacher. 
Yeah, but that's what he's doing. And yeah, that's what he claimed to be doing. That even when he told that story about binding up the powerful man of the home, like he's saying, "This is the work I came to do. Yeah. I am this thief. I've come to steal away that powerful yeah. man's possessions. That's what I am doing." He was talking about us, the elect, his people. Like we, right. he is stealing us from the raging nations. And of course, I think the powerful man in that story is Satan. But mm. you know, what I, and, and I think that's the, the the thing that trips people up. Unfortunately, is is yes, Jesus gave an analogy where he was the thief. Okay. <laughs> you bet he is. He stole me from the darkness. That's I'm glad he right. did. That's right. And and I think once that's one of those passages, man. You think you're doing Advent? Maybe, maybe you should hit this on Advent, right? Uh-huh. We, could, we could hit that one as well because. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's one of those passages when people understand, like when it's taught properly, mm-hmm. if it's taught, I think it's one of those that people are just confused if. about. Well, yeah, people read that passage and they just, some weird metaphor about being alert and don't let a thief tie you up or something right. weird. Like, and that's not even what the, not right. even what Jesus was getting at. He was getting at his own work as the thief yes. coming into the powerful man's house. That's an awakening yeah. verse. That's one of those powerful ones, I think. Right. Once people click. Like, oh my goodness. Like, oh crap. <laughs> Jesus done broke in. <laughs> he taking over. He burning the house down. <laughs> or, or restoring it, actually, right? Rebuilding it. The powerful yeah. man was destroying Building his, his kingdom. The powerful man was destroying his own house, and Jesus breaks in to build it. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks in to build it. <laughs> After he steals all the man's possessions. Ooh. I don't know. Hmm. Never mind. Maybe going a little far with that the, the analogy there. <laughs> Maybe we should not add to the words of Christ and just teach what he taught. Maybe we that's should a, just do that's that. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we could just burn down the house. I like it. Nice. nice. Yeah. Pyrotechnics at Douglas Reformed Church. Oh, man. Yeah. So Psalm chapter two, that's where you were at. I, mm-hmm. I liked the expository direction. So you were aiming for a topical sermon, but then just came out like we're preaching Psalm two, which was really nice. I like that. I like when a topical sermon ends up just preaching through the text. Right. That's what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, this passage hits everything in the topic that I need to hit anyway. Yes. So let's just preach this passage. Exactly. Like, that's, that's exactly what we need to be doing. It's yeah. awesome. And it actually worked out too, because a lot of times I'll, I'll find something I want to preach on, believing it says something specific that I I want it to preach on. But then when I do the the studying work, <laughs> I realize okay that doesn't that it's not it's not wrong, but it I, I learned something I learned and it's something. not totally what I wanted to teach on. Yeah. Well, it's, it's this one did because so. when I when I'm assigned a topic or when I choose a topic and I go and find a passage. Uh, that seems to apply to that topic I'll get in and do like the hard exegetical work and I'm like this hits nowhere close yeah but I did all this work so I guess I'm going to preach yes. that <laughs> so, and it shows I, I don't I don't have time to go find another passage that supports right. what I want to talk about so I'm just going to preach the Bible yeah it does show the importance it's so important yeah and, and if, if, if you if you are faithful that way to study the scriptures and 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 present them as they are written. Um, we don't we don't come up with our own you know our own versions of of, the, of what's being taught. Uh, it's so it's so critical, and that's it's one of the the, the 
aspects I think that are so important about this church mm-hmm. um, and our our standing on that well, uh, important yeah. ground of, well, of that is teaching. Our, that is our primary distinction. Mm-hmm. God's word exposited. Yeah, you see it out front the church on the banner. Yeah. God's word exposited. That is our primary distinction. Distinctive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have other distinctives. We're formed in our theology and ecclesiology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to party. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're going to be doing for Christmas Eve. What's up? <laughs> too early? Too early? <laughs> uh, too early. <laughs> Let's do the, 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 we'll plug it the whole, the whole episode. It's going to be a legit party. So. Yeah, legit. <laughs> in a God-honoring way. That's right. <laughs> so, you know. That's right. But it's, yeah, no. Uh, God's word exposited. Expository preaching and teaching. That's our... That's our primary distinctive. Right. That is the thing we want to set us apart. Uh, we don't want to be about developing our own sermons or philosophical mandarings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Which again, I think is important. We we reiterate a little bit. What's exposit? What's exposition? Expository preaching. Exposing the word of God, and when the word of God is exposed, meaning bringing out the the meaning of the text. In its context, mm-hmm. right? What the original author meant, authorial intent, bringing that out and preaching that instead of thinking, this is what it means to me. No, mm-hmm. no. This is what that meant to the author. This is what that meant to the God who inspired the author. So this is what it needs to mean to you. That's expository preaching, right? Right. Exposing the Word of God. And as the Word of God is correctly exposed, it exposes us. And that mm-hmm. can be scary. Mm-hmm. Right, divides between bone and marrow and soul and spirit. Um, but we need that. We desperately need that. And the person who is called by Christ to be in Christ and who has the Holy Spirit hungers for that. And nothing less than that will satisfy. Why do I think so many people haven't plugged into a church home mm-hmm. but still claim to be Christian if they are sincere Christian? It's because no church is feeding them that way. Right. Right. I'm sure there are churches who do expository preaching around. You know, they're not they're not just totally I, gone. I would say, and, and this is not me being a bully or anything, but I'm pretty certain. I've been here 11 years. I I don't think still that any other churches in our radius here in Douglas do this. Mm-hmm. So, so as far as exposition, um, we're it, um, and that's just the truth. That's just a, a plain statement. Uh, it's in. Important. Like we don't say, "Hey, this is our preference," um, because we like it. Or we think this we is think necessary. It's, it's essential. The faithful yeah. way to proclaim, to preach. That's if you're right. a gifted preacher, you're you're you're, you're doing the if, work of exegesis. If you have the spiritual gift of prophecy, you are doing the hard work of exegesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People think yep. like uh, if you have the gift of prophecy, it. it Somehow you're endowed with a special sense of exactly what to say at the right time. Right? It's hard work, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, but there's a desire to do that work. I have, and this is one of the things that one of the reasons I love preaching is my growth. the 
the huge overwhelming like work of sanctification that God does in my life is through preaching. Mm-hmm. The time that I spend in the text yeah. and, and the way that I study, like it awakens me, it excites me, mm-hmm. and then I bring that excitement into the pulpit <laughs> and said, hopefully, you know, and, and if, if I'm dull in the pulpit, I feel like I'm not moved spiritually by what I studied, which is a problem with me, right? not the scriptures, um, which I'm... Sure, undoubtedly, over you know time that that's happened, you know when I when I've you know given messages, um, but overall, I love I love what the Lord does to me. He he breaks me, convicts me, teaches me, excites me, and then and then I grow, and then I regurgitate it all on Sunday, which is one of my favorite things to do. So, but it's just yeah. a lot of work, like we talked about. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of work. Especially for working boys like us. Oh man, <laughs> as, you know, as a yeah, it's tough, man. Two full time jobs, but so worth it. With three or four, we have families too. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Wives to take care of, children to raise, and teach and disciple. Mm-hmm. Coffee to enjoy. Well, lots of coffee to, lots enjoy. Of to enjoy. Why do the nations rage? This is Psalm two. Why do the nations rage? Psalmist is asking that question. And the people's plot in vain. They make, and that's not like some evil scheming sort of plot, right? Most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, we make plans. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes plans, but you make plans in vain because, well, you're going to die. None of your plans actually matter that much, right? Mm-hmm. People make plans in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves. And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So in our planning, we actually rebel against God. In our planning for ourselves to build ourselves up, that's actually blatant rebellion against God. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, a plot to tear God down. And so in the world today... There are two wills, the human will, the divine will, mm-hmm. the human will is set against the divine will, right? And that's where we find our struggle. This is why people hate God. Right. This is why people don't like the church. This is why persecution is experienced. And this is why there is tribulation. And then I love the next verse. He who sits in the heavens laughs. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> like, look at you. What a reaction. Look, look at you down there. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, I made you. I breathe life into you. I sustain your rebellion. Because at any point, I could just cease your existence. And yeah. Oh my goodness. And look at this. The Lord who sits in the heavens laughs. Yeah. The Lord holds them in derision. Like mm. the only reason they can be that way is because the the Lord is holding them up and in his sovereign will and mm-hmm. grace and mercy allowing them to be that way. Right. Allowing us to be that way. Like that's the only reason we can be that way. Right. Um, <laughs> he's, he laughs and he still holds us up even in our derision. Mm. And he will speak to them in his wrath. So his wrath is actually him speaking to those in rebellion mm-hmm. and terrifying them in his fury. And what does the Lord say? You want to read that next part? What, do, what does the Lord say? Oh, let's see. Is it, are we on six? So it's as for me, 
I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Look at you down there trying to be kings. Don't, <laughs> don't you know? Mm-hmm. And, okay, the, the psalmist here, he's writing quite a few years before the incarnation. And God, quite a few, yeah. And God is saying through the psalmist, I have set my king. Yeah. Like the king is already reigning even in the psalmist's time. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. The incarnation was a coronation, but it was a coronation that revealed a reality mm. that was already present, right? Yeah. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you, which he said to Christ, right? He said about Christ. Right. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage. And so this... In the New Testament, this psalm is applied to Christ as a coronation psalm. It's applied to Jesus Christ. So the, the New Testament authors are saying in his incarnation, Jesus Christ inherited the nations. At his incarnation, that's his first coming. You know? mm. that's, that's not to come. That, that's already the reality. And the ends of the earth is your possession. This is your possession, Jesus Christ. You shall break them with a the rod of iron, starting in your incarnation not at the second coming and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel starting in your incarnation not your second coming your incarnation now therefore O kings be wise be warned O rulers of the earth serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled blessed are all who take refuge in him this is current reality not future reality oh absolutely I love the fact that you made that point when yeah. you're preaching on Sunday like <laughs> have a merry post milk Christmas <laughs> <laughs> you know like, it, it was it was present reality from from all history right and, and as these words were were living and reigning throughout history um the the, the work God is doing to conquer the world started a long time ago Technically, it started before Adam and Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to get technical, the yeah. covenant of redemption, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, absolutely. We need to do a series of episodes on covenant theology. Okay, It'd be fantastic. Yeah. After Advent. After yeah. After Advent, well, covenant theology. <laughs> I like well, it. When you get a cool background noise like covenant theology, at Douglas Reformed Church. Oh, that, that, it sounded like dumbest reformed. <laughs> well, that too. That's why we preach expositorily, because really we don't have anything good to say. <laughs> you don't want to hear me talk typically if I'm not working through scripture. That's why even sitting right here right now, I like. I don't want to say too much. <laughs> now you know what one of the things I was, you know, with with covenantal theology, post millennialism. Like I was, I was talking just with with uh, Kathy. Um, after after this one when she was really excited too and I love that. Like it's my wife and like you'd think she's bored from hearing me talk so much and most <laughs> of the time she is. So when she tells me like she did this she like man I just felt the spirit's presence and, and his power and like yeah. I loved what you did and like you, you did a really good job and I'm like thank you and appreciate it. And we just talked about what what this is and, and one of the things I reflected on with when we were talking is so many people don't have the joy of being able to celebrate a reigning king today here, right? Like, like we're fellowshipping with Christ, and like, imagine. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't have to imagine. I know what it's like because I was part of that historically too. Mm-hmm. Like to, to have this feeling of 
looking forward one day to hope that Jesus will come and and begin to establish his kingdom. Like, man, what a pessimistic oh, life. Man, it's man. so sad. But when you realize that Jesus is reigning. Yes. His oh. kingdom has come. The kingdom is at hand. Dude, there's a lot of optimism there. It brings so much joy and to, to think, a life. Like, and like, no matter what negative things I perceive in the world, mm-hmm. to know that according to Christ's own promise to renew the world, that's that's even in John chapter 3, right? Right. Like, God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Like, that's talking about the world. <laughs> Everything in the world, uh, Christ is saving it, not condemning not throwing it out right. not not destroying it he's renewing that's the business he is in right and even just to realize that no matter how bad things get for me personally according to my own experience and my own perception of things and no matter what i perceive to be going on in the world christ is the one working all that together to renew his earth mm-hmm. which is where i will dwell forever yeah wow here wow that can yeah. be destroyed oh man um yeah and then, and then the, I think another thing, um, a lot of people struggle with this idea that God ignores rebellion against him. That, again, if, if, if we're in this weird parenthetical break in history and Daniel and his prophecies stopped all of about, a sudden. You're talking about like the dispensation of grace or something? <laughs> yes. 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 Where we're in this confusing, like, like... <laughs> I don't know type period of history that isn't in scripture because it's a pause. It's a pause, it's a pause that we have, we have read into the text. Yeah, people invented it. It's not in the Bible. We said, you know what? The cosmic time clock stopped and we have, we have put in this period of time right now where anything goes because nobody knows what's happening because it's not in the Bible. The, this, this dispensation that and we're supposedly in. And the clock's going to start again. Oh, man. At the rapture. And that's why, yeah, and that's <laughs> like, why people no. look at this like, like Jesus isn't judging people right now. Like, like, at, like, I mean, what other conclusion do you come to he than totally when you see is. rapists and murderers and, mm. and, and all kinds of stuff? Like, God doesn't ignore that. No, he like, doesn't. he's judging those people right now. Well, and people don't realize it, but we're also in the time when... Christ is separating the sheep from the goats yeah. and the wheat from the chaff. Like that's happening now. That's not some future thing to us, right? Right. Jesus says, this is what's going to happen at the harvest time. And then Jesus taught, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. It's time mm-hmm. to reap the harvest. Like he, he was teaching that, hand. right? And so it's, it's like... Yeah. Even with all the stupid church stuff, which I think is what I'm going to get at this coming Sunday, right, for mm. Advent series. Why Why does the church... So you did, why do, why did the nations rage? I might do, why does the church rage? Oh, man. <laughs> okay. And part of the reason I think the church rages is because Christ is separating the wheat from the chaff. Jeez. Separating the goats from the sheep. You're sheet. talking about chaff... In the church, or in, even full in the churches, visit. yeah, churches, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I think he's doing that. Uh, yeah, why? Why else would he permit so many unhealthy churches to persist? Right, only to separate the wheat and the chaff. Right, that's that's the reason I think. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, goodness, if we look at some of the 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 good that God works about, um, do, do we have code words for for the thing that's going around infecting people right now, so we don't get shadow banned? <laughs> oh, I know. What was it? Apologetic cookies. We could just call them cookies, like they call did. Them cookies. <laughs> uh, what's what's the new variant called? I can't remember what it's called. There's so many variants. As soon as I say the I new know. variant is, psh, there's another variant. Yeah. Um, it, we, it, it, we, right now, it's not named. It's a big like B zero one dot zero zero something. You know. So do we pay our subscription to the monthly variant? <laughs> No, oh no. Oh, but I was, I was saying with, with those those cookies or or those jolly pops or whatever you want to call them going around right now, like the Lord is his, his purpose good and it's so clear. Why? It's not necessarily a sad thing to see all these churches shutting their doors. You know, some um, of them need to exactly. So so when you're talking about you know warming up to Sunday for our second week of Advent, I mean, like I almost said it. <laughs> that that thing going around copacetic. is closing. Copacetic. Copacetic. Copacetic is shutting doors of churches that need to shut. If your door's shut, and I'm not talking about the first week or the first month to flatten the curve. <laughs> I'm talking about like if, if you're still like still shut. still shut or doing this virtual crap, you know that is not church. Right. That's not gathering, and your doors need to be closed. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it is. It is really interesting too, because what have what have we done in the past couple of years with this whole thing going on? Well, I have advanced a nonprofit ministry mm. and grown that. Right, we've planted a church. Mm. Two churches, actually. <laughs> You're one not in, supposed to do that right now. One in Wilcox too, right? <laughs> So two churches, we've been gathering. We have not neglected the gathering together of ourselves. Right. We are persisting. God seems to be blessing the work of our hands. Right. Uh, God is good. Now, I'm not saying because we're doing the Lord's will, nobody will get sick. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -mm. Uh, People... It's a virus. Okay. Um, doubtless, you, we put ourselves in harm's way. We put ourselves in harm's way every day. Right. Um, we, could, we, could, our, we could be one of those few that die. Yeah, we could. I mean, we're not. Um, our, our objective, though, is not, as Christians, our primary objective is not to stay safe. Mm-hmm. As Christians, our primary objective is to honor the Lord, yeah. to love the brethren. Be faithful. Be faithful. Give up your life. I mean, that's that's what Jesus called us to, right? Lay down your life for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to fret and worry about protecting myself at the sake of an expense of the work of, of ministry. The gospel. That's right. And, and yeah, man, like everything's against us from a practical standpoint, but... Ministry abounds because we that's right we love and honor Christ as King who who sent this this copacetic it's copacetic yeah <laughs> he, he's in charge of this well, and and I and I think one of the other um, maybe the, maybe next Sunday I'm also going to hit like the the messianic promise mm. um, the promise of the book of Revelation mm. no more crying no more tears no more sickness no more pain right. 
Yeah. Um, and talk about that and actually see like the world's progression toward that since the advent of Christ. Mm. Right. Um, so that's going to be, and that's going to be really interesting to look at. Um, because the reality is Christ is sovereign over sickness. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh, you get the vaccine. Christ is still sovereign over sickness. And if it's within his will for you to get sick, you will. That's right. Whether you got the vaccine or not. Uh, you don't get a vaccine. Christ is still sovereign over sickness. That's not an excuse to be dumb. Nope. But it is just a recognition that Christ is sovereign. If I will die, it is his will. If I will live, it is his will. That's right. If I live, it is to the glory of God. If I die, it is to the glory of God. Uh, to to live is Christ, and to die, die is gain. gain. Can right. I ask you something? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Hold on. I think I, I don't want it to just leave my head. What was it? Oh, the sovereignty of God. You you brought, you brought it up. Um, this is one of those topics. I got man when when people butcher God's sovereignty, it like it irks me. <laughs> Like you have Are you this... about to tell me I butchered God's sovereignty? No, right. not, I have a question for you. Um, so you're, you're setting me up I'm to butcher setting God's you up. sovereignty. If you butcher God's sovereignty, I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious of your, 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 you made some statements and, and there are a lot of scared people right now and right, rightfully so in some degree. You know, yep. if you, if you have health conditions or, mm-hmm. or you, you're weaker or, or maybe out of shape, like you, you have a little more reasons to be, if you're a healthy young guy, you know, you should be worried right now. You know, guys or girls, you know, if, if you're whatever, I'm not talking about those people, but there, there are people that have a legitimate reason to be scared. Um, God's sovereignty when it comes to your life and your death. So I've had people try to make like this kind of hybrid Sovereignty, like you know, God's sovereign, but you know, but, I teach my son, oh. you know, if, if you just if you jump off a boat and drown, like you chose to, or if you, I mean, you could pick up a gun and shoot yourself in the head, and you're thwarting what God's plan was for your life. You, your life was was taken. So, like, even with, we'll use the the copacetic right now. You say, you know, you know, God's sovereign. I'm not taking this. I wouldn't. That's not the route I go, but I'm not taking right, this. Right. So, and then you die. Was it your fault? God's not sovereign because, or He is in a confusing, like mutual agreement type way. <laughs> what's 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 <laughs> your take There's, on that? There is no coexistence of sovereignty and mutual agreement. God is either sovereign or He's not. Mm. Right? Uh, if He is sovereign, He is all the way sovereign. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, so you don't accidentally die. You don't like, accidentally die. Like he has numbered your days, nah, no matter was, what you do and your your decisions. You who made. was it? It was. Uh, is it William Tell? I think it was William Tell who said, uh, "If people believed in the sovereignty of God, like really believed in the sovereignty of God, they would be just as comfortable laying in bed as they were on the battlefield." Mm. Jeez. Right? Yeah. So so there's our nation's history. Mm. <laughs> you know? mm. um, it might have been an, another one of the guys. I don't know for sure if it was William Tell or not. Uh, 
but it, it was one of the guys hmm. uh, of that stature, right? Of that caliber. Um, but it's like, yeah, uh, that's why Jesus slept on the boat, right? With a raging storm. Hmm. It's why I can sleep in the car when somebody else is driving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's why no matter what storms rage around us, literal and metaphorical, we rest in the sovereignty of God. Such a good place to be. Right? Uh, Now, I I mentioned earlier, I don't think that's an excuse for us to be dumb. Right? So if if you feel getting a vaccine is the best thing for you, go for it. Mm. If you don't feel it's the best thing for you, don't. Um, yeah. Make make the best decision you know to make, but don't make your motivation simply safeguarding your life right. or trying to or trying to escape destiny or fate or whatever. Right? Or trying to um, trying to trying to offset the inevitable. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't make that your motivation. Instead. Maybe our motivation should be whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Amen. So if I'm if I'm deciding to take the vaccine, my motivation should be the glory of God, not personal safety. Right. If I'm deciding not to, my motivation should be the glory of God, not my own pride. Right. Right. And it applies to every group. It applies to Republicans and Democrats and to and to Baptists and to Presbyterians and to Lutherans. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah. Right. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God, not the glory of self. And so our, our motivation for thinking and making decisions is just completely different from that of the world. Right. And that's where, like, like from personal opinions and views, uh, I, I know, like, one of my family members, uh, he's, he's taking the position, like, whatever I need to do. Like, I, I need to be able to travel and continue the work of ministry. And, you know, I'm, I'm a church planner. And like, that, like Talk about that, bread. Huh? Talk about bread? Yeah. <laughs> I like bread. I like bread. <laughs> Hard charger. <laughs> really going to hate this episode if he hears things like this. <laughs> well, hi, Brad. Hi, <laughs> when, when we talk about post-millennialism, I know, like, like there's, I don't know. There's, like, this built-in thing with dispensationals that just don't like people that are of other views. I think most people just don't like people who think differently than them. That could be, yeah. Unless you're post mill, then you're okay with it because you know you're right. (laughs) (laughs) You had to throw that in there. (laughs) It's like it's like the uh, the guys who like uh, hate Calvinists because Calvinists think differently, and then you get the Calvinist who's like, "Believe whatever you want, God is sovereign." That's right. That's right. (laughs) You you have the right to be wrong if you want. You have the right to be wrong. <laughs> Could get another God, shirt God is, that says that. God, God is still sovereign. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. if you save, you're still saved. I can still believe you're part of the kingdom, even though you're wrong about something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> still treat you like a brother. Uh, let, let there be a warning to anyone, then, including a Calvinist or a mm-hmm. theologian who who thinks someone's going to hell because they're wrong about something oh my <laughs> you know? and we're all going to hell uh, that's right <laughs> I just don't know what I don't know right exactly <laughs> I, I see through a glass darkly man it, you know I tell you like I, I am so confident and I that, that the Lord he 
He purposefully leaves such glaring blind points in every person's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can I mean, be... look at John MacArthur. Exactly! Exactly! <laughs> like, just a brilliant guy, right? Yeah. Awesome teacher, mm-hmm. preacher, like, faithful. He's been around forever, and he's still going, and he, that man's going to be preaching and teaching until, like, he's, he has no voice to speak anymore. I have full confidence but in that. But then his eschatology. And his eschatology. Yeah, the Lord just... <laughs> he's, he's, he's brilliant when it comes to ecclesiology. Yeah. Brilliant when it comes to Christology. Brilliant when it comes to the doctrines of grace and all that. But then as soon as you get to eschatology. Yeah. Boop. <laughs> yeah. No. It's crazy to me. And that makes me wonder, like, where am I doing that? Like We're, if Johnny yeah. Mac is doing that, yeah. where am I doing that? Like yep. and that's why that's why we need the church. That's yeah. why we need one another. And that's why we need people to come in uh to to see where we're blind. Right. And to build us up too. Right? And not be offended. Man, like I know we haven't had any big big disagreements yet. I'm just thinking. I'm wait, hoping at wait, some wait, point wait, we wait, do. Wait, 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 no. <laughs> but that's the, that's one of the great things, right? It's like like we we don't get offended when when we when we disagree with each other because we want to be right. Mm-hmm. One, if we disagree, one or both of us is wrong. And and if the goal is to to, to be faithful and true mm-hmm. to what Scripture teaches, like we shouldn't be offended. When someone either corrects us or challenges us, like, and and that's why I say that we haven't had any big disagreements. Which, fine, that's good. That means I think that I think it's better to be in more agreement because because again, like, if you have two two men that are like not arguing, <laughs> bickering over things, like that's a really good sign. Um, I think so. But but when we do have minor disagreements, we just talk about them. It's just that simple. Right, like, and the and the whole the whole goal is edification, not tearing down. Right. Right, and if I am puffed up in my knowledge, the only thing I'm going to do is tear somebody else down. Mm-hmm. Can't be that way. Yeah, you know. Yep. It sounds a lot like just First Corinthians is coming out of my mouth all the time. Now. <laughs> I wonder why that would be. <laughs> it's not like you're spending any time there right now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners who haven't been keeping up with, <laughs> we are in First Corinthians. Our regular series is through First Corinthians expository, verse by verse, word by word. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> word by word. Word by word. Yeah. And, words uh, matter. Words matter. <laughs> and we'll be continuing that again in January yeah. after the Advent series. So after the glorious celebration and anticipation of, of the coming King, the King who came. The coming king. We're celebrating the coming king. The coming king. But the king who came. But he did come. But he that's come. that's the, the whole thing we're working through in Advent. We're re-celebrating. We're re-celebrating. Looking forward to Christ coming, even though he did. And then celebrating did. his arrival. Yeah. Yes. And his kingdom that came with him. <laughs> the kingdom at hand. The there's, kingdom at hand. There's our theme. All right. It's a beautiful theme. Oh, man. Some well, wise man thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't remember, you, that was one of your ideas. I think it was Jesus' idea. A Jesus' when idea? He, when he, when he brought he, his kingdom? When he, when he said, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. <laughs> Repent. Yeah. Believe the gospel. Oh, man. Are they casting out demons? If I cast out demons, you know... I tell you that the, 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 the kingdom is upon you. Is upon you. And then he casts out demons. Yep. 
The kingdom is upon you. It's like, I'm going to tell you this, and then if, if that's true, yeah. kingdom. Oh, I did it. Right. <laughs> to say your sins are forgiven is easy. Mm. But so you might know that the Son of Man has authority. Where? Right here, right now. Oh, dang. During his incarnation. I say to this man, get up and walk. Oh. And he did. He did. Oh, man. Got up and walked. Why? Because the king has authority. Authority. On earth. On earth. <laughs> Over people. He's yeah. king. Yeah. And why did he ride that donkey into Jerusalem again? Oh, yeah. To say he was fulfilling Zechariah 9. This mm. is great. Like, mm. he, he claimed to be the king. That was his coronation. That's right. Oh, man. Dude. <laughs> I know <laughs> too many people don't have the excitement like oh that's that, when, when, when I'm not like I am not looking at trying to like convince people of this type of of understanding of the kingdom just for my own sake like this is where excitement and joy and passion and, and boldness comes this is where like you can go out and proclaim the kingship of Christ and his glory and forgiveness and salvation like like that is where it's at like this is not just like some bent of theology this is joy this is like the depth of hope that the gospel brings to people my goodness and that's why we take communion every Sunday <laughs> every Sunday every Sunday <laughs> Uh, because communion is what every time we eat and drink we proclaim his death again until he returns what was going on in his death conquered sin yeah he's king he has authority on this earth every time we eat we're proclaiming his kingship his authority that's right his advent yeah every Sunday it's beautiful and no it doesn't get old no. Okay. Like, like, <laughs> no. like can it? Can I? Can I? Can I make a quick plea to the pastors out there? <laughs> Listen, having communion every week, even if you're not post millennial, is not tiring. <laughs> like, like eating and remembering Christ and proclaiming His life, death, burial, resurrection. Like that's that doesn't get old. Okay. No. That's not that's not boring. If it's boring to people, Dude. or it seems like it's repetitive then you need to question where your soul is because my goodness like if 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 proclaiming christ and eating with him is boring to you there's something wrong with your heart yeah that'd be like we don't sing every sunday because it gets boring we don't hear we don't hear preaching every sunday because it gets boring that's repetitive you know what we're not going to go to church every sunday because it gets boring once a month service service. (laughs) even that might be too much once a quarter. Hey, we're free to do what we want, aren't we? Once a quarter. As Once often quarter. as often as you come together. Oh, see, he doesn't <laughs> say to do it every week. So I say, that, you know, then go ahead and move to your monthly services or quarterly services. No, no, my question is, why would you ever want to stop eating and drinking with Christ? I know. Come on now. I know. You are the gathered body. Like the, you are the gathered body. Like this is this is the celebration of coming together. Mm. You know, you're confessing your sins, bearing each other's burdens, loving each other, encouraging people to love and good works. Like, and eating and drinking, you're celebrating. Oh, hey, talk about bearing one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. You mean <laughs> critical work in the church the critical work of the church if you're not bearing e- each other's burdens That's like right. you are you have a lot of suffering people in your congregation uh, with that being said um, at Douglas Reformed Church this Christmas season so I hope 
those who, who are listening have listened to this point because this is a pretty big announcement. <laughs> we see waited too long. It's been forty five minutes. 40, dang it! We're, we're going to try, try to cap this off at thirty minutes, weren't we? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so this Christmas season, uh, we actually have a a calf that is being provided for us to to us to provide meat, beef to families who are in need. Mm. Uh, so if you are one of those families, come connect with us at Douglas Reform Church. Um, we we have some beef for you. Uh, we don't have it yet, but it is being processed. And as soon as it is processed, we will have it and we'll make sure families in need um, who are joining us uh, will get that. And the reason we ask to join us is so we can get to know you and know that you're actually in need and not just someone who's wanting to leech off the church or whatever. So yeah, there's there's a few like that out there, but yeah. But, yeah. but but we want to meet any sincere needs there are, right? For sure. So. And to make sure too, with being good stewards of what's being provided, like that, we're we're not going to just give it off to any you know random person who would take from others. Right. That's right. You know, because there are a lot of genuine people in need, especially here. You know, and I love those people. Yeah, dude. Yes. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Anything else, man, this episode? Well, I think I think one of the things that's really cool that we could end as I reflect on after all this like serious talk in this passage, boy, look at the last the last like we'll say last verse and a half. Not verse and a half, the the last half of the verse. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Like, here's all this, like, the Lord laughing at rebellion, people, like, plotting against God and his people. Like, and, and Jesus Christ's <laughs> wrath is quick. It's yeah. Been, it's being kindled. But, but then he, like, ends with this positive note. It's like, blessed are those who take refuge in him. You'll be blessed. Like, yeah. Take, take your safety and your joy in being in me and not against me. Mm hmm. And you, you are, you are blessed. So God's wrath does two things. One, those who are not in Christ, it condemns them, mm. right? And they become bitter, and they they wallow in their unrighteousness and their depravity, right? Yeah. For those who are in Christ, the wrath of God brings them to repentance and raises them up to a life of blessing. That's right. So that they are not forever recipients of God's wrath. Instead, God's wrath caused their conversion. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, those are the two things that happens when God's wrath is revealed against all the unrighteousness of men. Yeah. Right? Who in their unrighteousness... Uh, what, what was it? Who in their unrighteousness... Suppress. Suppress the truth. Yeah. Yes. So God's wrath does those two things. Yep. Um, which is really beautiful because... It's like a father disciplining his children on one side and a king destroying his enemies on the other. And woe to those who are enemies of Christ, but blessing to those who are in Christ, mm -hmm. even in light of God's wrath, which mm. once was poured upon them, but after their conversion is no longer poured upon them. Mm. Instead, they are recipients only of the blessings of God, even if they sin. Yeah. Because it's not about them. Yeah. Wow. You are error. Of the kingdom. Or an heir. Yeah. yeah. Mm, beautiful. Great place to end. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen. This is Van Blacktop Pulpit. 
by Douglas Reformed Church. Uh, we hope to see you this coming Sunday during our Advent season. And uh, remember to, to check out the details about our Christmas Eve service. What's that going to be at 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve? 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve. And tickets, please. Tickets yes. are free. Tickets are free. But they're necessary. We need to know how much food to have. <laughs> we know how much and the food, food to is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like like Italian beef. You got, I don't know if this is the Chicago wait, 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 wait. meat. Whoa, whoa, but, whoa. But <laughs> Italian beef. Italian beef with... And this is the good stuff. This isn't like... Uh, Alright. This is the good stuff. <laughs> Jardinera is like... A Midwest thing. I know I imported it here, you know, and I know that it's it's made its way into some subways and stuff. I was really excited mm-hmm. about that, but like Jardinera on Italian beef and Mott's cheese, like delicious. And that's just the main course. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be an evening of awesome, glorious celebration. We're gonna have a, a typical, like I'd say, typical traditional type of a candlelight service, mm-hmm. and we're going to. It does, I know it sounds a little un, unhinged, but we're gonna party, man, and, and party in a good way. We're not gonna have you know people getting drunk everywhere and stuff like that. If, if, if you're if you're drinking to get drunk around us, we're gonna talk to you. So I, I think that's that's a plain thing. Like we yeah. don't want you to come to to drink a lot, and, no, but and we do want you to come enjoy yourselves, absolutely to the glory of God, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and then we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have games. We're gonna have food. We're gonna have you know. We're gonna we're gonna light up the the courtyard and have you know probably we're gonna try to see the logistics of the fire you know oh yeah that'd be That's fun but yeah so it's gonna be great we're gonna have a good time we're going to worship Christ That's right we're going to remember his incarnation uh, we're gonna hear not one but two sermons <laughs> sermonettes sermonettes. I don't want people okay. to be like so, <laughs> two if, hours. If we shoot for fifteen minutes, we'll both Probably be about 30. thirty. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so kind of like this thirty-minute episode we this did. Thirty-minute right episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we hope that you come and join us on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, share this episode of Blacktop Pulpit with your friends and your family, uh, and remember to go to DouglasReformed.Church. Click the link there. It's right on the homepage. Mm-hmm. Click the link for the event and RSVP. Uh, during the church service, we will be taking an offering, uh, which is completely voluntary. Uh, yeah. You give what you feel is right between you and God to help offset the costs of the event. Uh, so uh, that's that's the information, right? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, the music's going to be good, too. Yeah, buddy. Oh, no, man. If Audrey starts leading worship, man, <laughs> just take, take it and run with it. Hey, she did it by herself on Sunday. Ooh. I, I took a break. Nice. She took the reins. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Well, y'all, we will see you this coming Sunday at church. Thank you for joining us.